Hello, and welcome back to the Self Healer Soundboard. Two episodes ago, we explored the topic of fear, talking about how it is a natural response to the unknown or unfamiliar circumstances and saw from one of you listening a particular question coming in about self-doubt. So we thought we'd take an episode here today to dedicate and dive into that topic, self-doubt. Self-doubt's really one that we see a lot, certainly related to fear. We often get so consumed by a fear of doubting ourselves, and then we don't follow through or do the thing that we want or hope we can do because of all of this doubt. So we've really seen this request come in kind of continuous because self-doubt is something that many of us experience at least once, if not multiple times, or really the background noise of our days. So really, what is self-doubt? Where does that come from? Again, you're going to notice if you have been tuning in and listening to our work for some time, this common thread and that commonality always going back to these preconditioned beliefs or self-beliefs or limiting beliefs that we have learned about ourselves over time. And here over these last few episodes in particular, we've really been opening up and stepping back to witnessing this whole forest, as I like to view it in my mind, of everything that simply is, all of our habits, our patterns, our limiting beliefs, our self-beliefs, everything that is just there in the current and being able to understand and witness it all in a depersonalizing way so that we can really start to understand our own self-doubt and begin to create actions and lives that are in alignment with who we truly are at our core and the life that we really want to create for ourselves. I think it's really important even hearing the way we're kind of framing this conversation, this concept and defining it, that it expands beyond. I think sometimes, typically, if we hear self-doubt, we immediately think of self-confidence or the lack there of that confidence. And I really do believe that it is much wider than that. Um, this concept of self-doubt, and it is beyond just feeling, you know, confident in ourselves. It's even feeling connected to us, our own thoughts, our own intuitive, you know, desires, urges, pings. And the reality, to speak to your point, is that very few of us feel that way, which is why this this topic in and of itself comes up in conversation quite often. Because in childhood, if we didn't have the safe circumstances in our you know, external environments, if we didn't have the safe emotional climate in our home to begin to explore, experiment, you know, try on for size what it is that we think, how it is that we are most comfortable in the world, well, we don't have that. We do adapt and we begin to modify how we show up, ultimately eroding that belief or even uh, removing ourselves from even taking that first step of turning inward to attune to what it is that I think, what it is that I'm feeling on any circumstances. And all of those roads, all of those roads ultimately lead us to feeling doubtful of ourself, our intuition, and our own inner guidance. We're set up in so many ways to really create an ingrained self-image that is doubtful or doesn't meet, you know, quote unquote success in today's eyes. And so much of that is because of the externalization of the environments that we are created in. You know, even if you didn't have that attunement at home, or maybe you did have attunement at home and you didn't have these seeds of self-doubt planted here and there. Well, if you're at least in the United States or most places around the world, I know we are blessed with the opportunity to have education and 
the reality also is that most of us are then enrolled in an education system where our self-image as a small child is created from the depiction of us through the image of our teachers, through our classes, how well we do on tests or test scores. And I know for someone like me who always very much struggled in school, it was consistently reflected back to me that I'm not smart enough. I'm not capable. I'm doubtful of myself in every way. And it was really a process of that connection to my core self, to my to my heart, to me, that allowed me to begin stepping back and kind of giggling at the awakening of all of the wisdom that is within, that is also a direct result of that trauma and abuse from childhood, because there wasn't that support there. And there was a lot of self-doubt. And one of the greatest things I think I've been able to learn over all of those years when I did feel just really dumb or stupid, doubted any goal I wanted to achieve, is that particularly in schooling and in the education system that we have set up, a test only measures how well you take tests. Tests do not measure anything other than your ability to take a test. And I am saying that so clearly because it is really important to separate the two. And it's not to dishonor or discredit someone who does amazing in school or like Nicole, who (laughs) excelled through school and has a PhD and is an incredible scholar. I'm amazed by that. And I admire that so much. And we are set up in a traditional system where that is the only thing that is then measured as some sort of success or confidence or intelligence. So it's for me, particularly anyone who relates to that background or didn't do well in school or somehow created that belief that, you know, it's full of self-doubt. You deny any sort of ability of yourself. It is absolutely possible to create newly once you begin to declare and affirm for yourself that you have everything already internally that you could ever possibly want or need to accomplish the things that light you up. And I think kind of as per par for the course um, in our discussions here, you know, just I want to explore the other side of if you are someone who is like me and has always had that thing, whether it's academics or athletics or the thing that came naturally or you, you know, typically did well at, got validation from, maybe even as a result felt confident in. And again, while I think externally, a lot of that is, to speak to your point, Jenna, very validated by a lot of our societies, a lot of our systems and societies, school being a major one of them. My journey really was to realize how much I used performing in that particular way as a cover for deep-rooted shame, for this idea of this concept of being doubtful of myself, I didn't even know who I was outside of these moments of performance. So when I got to, as I often say, the end of my you know to-do list and I've achieved all the things that I thought were going to help me to feel fulfilled, feel good about myself, I felt even lower because ultimately they weren't translating. I didn't feel confident. I didn't feel even connected to the world that I created around me. And I came to realize how that was really a channel. Performing in this particular way was a way for me to cover those deeper questions, that deeper hole, that idea and that realization that I actually don't know who I am without this action of doing that's been validated so frequently over time. 
For those of you listening or viewing this podcast, if you haven't tuned into the, the episode we mentioned earlier, it was two episodes back, What Fear Teaches Us. I think it was episode 72. I really suggest either revisiting that or visiting that newly as it is such a compliment and really sort of interwoven with what we're speaking of here because the concept of self-doubt, the feeling of self-doubt, that idea, whatever that doubt is, usually is directly connected to a fear. My self-doubt that, you know, long ago I wanted to become a psychologist or a therapist, school wasn't for me. I ended up creating a way to do the same work and same teaching on a route that I was able to do, though what stopped me in my tracks multiple times was self-doubt from a crippling fear, the fear and doubt that I would be able to amount to something that, you know, I felt I needed a therapist. I needed someone to help me. So how could I ever then become that? That's just one personal example of how this self-doubt swirls in this world of fear. And then a lot of us do get sort of cemented into the ground and we feel stuck. We feel like we cannot move forward. So we particularly titled that episode as well, What Fear Teaches Us. And we really reframed and looked at fear as an opportunity because Anything that happens on the other side of an action is a result. You have produced a result. So there isn't really this idea of failure, which is what most of us are afraid of in this act of doubting ourselves. We're doubting something. We're doubting our ability to do something. We're doubting our ability to meet a certain level or a certain standard. When we're doubting that, we're fearful of the failure of that. So you can start to see this sort of full picture, full cycle that this fear and self-doubt and then inaction all create when if we can notice it at its whole, take a step back, see that failure doesn't exist. All you can simply do is produce a result. And when you're feeling fearful, there's something there that you are doubting about yourself. When you have that full picture, it's then your choice to begin practicing. And I know most of us won't believe it at first, but practicing and affirming for ourselves that I do believe that I have all that I need and all that I want to create who I want to become and to create the life that I want to live. And in a very real way, um, the way you're painting kind of this cycle is really coming to life because when we prevent ourselves from from acting out of fear, out of a lack of confidence. And, you know, for me, just to apply this to my example and just being who I am in any moment without focusing on achievement or the outcome that you might receive from me presenting whatever it is that I'm presenting or sharing, right? If I doubt myself in those moments to the extent that I don't show myself, what I'm just reinforcing below the surface of everything is how right I was in being doubtful. I'm not giving myself the opportunity to confront, which for me is a deep-rooted fear of, you won't like me. I won't be enough. If I'm not providing a service for you, um, if I'm not teaching you something, you know, shifting into that academic achievement-based role, there is a deep-rooted fear or doubt that 
you'll like me. You'll want to still stay and remain connected to me. So kind of unpacking all of that cycle really does lead us to how those two things connect. What we're fearful of becomes that which we doubt about ourselves, And then the more we avoid it, the more we're strengthening that fear and that doubt. I love how you just connected that to that fear of connection to another. And I immediately start thinking of all of the years that I've done like national service or volunteer service or working at a bedside or teaching. It's that same thing. It's this act of giving. I'm of service. And if I can be of service or provide something to you, then there's, it's like a safety net. I can provide for you. In the last few years, I've peeled back a little bit and looked at, you know, my own draw to serve and to give. And while that is true for me, I also see many pockets of my life where that service was done almost in a selfish way because it was a way to displace dealing with whatever I was dealing with. And it was a way to have connection by giving, providing a service to other people without actually having to allow them to see me. Where if I'm not giving anything to you and I'm not coming to the table with a gift and it's just me, then I'm leaving myself wide open for someone to, yes, to either, you know, reject me or disregard me. Or what I'm even more fearful of is to actually have someone receive me and just love me and see me for me. And for a lot of us, that seeing of ourselves is the scariest thing for many of us looking in the mirror at ourselves in our eyes, or even the idea of looking at ourselves in the mirror is too startling. There's too much resistance to even process the thought, let alone to break through that barrier to even be with ourselves. So you can see how, again, all of this goes back to this core fear of really being seen and even being seen by ourselves first, which is really that foundational piece that's the golden ticket. When you are willing to see that you have all that you could ever want and need and desire to be already within you, that's the first step. That takes a lot of willingness to be able to see that because with that comes a lot of responsibility. You can no longer play the victim that you're some small human who is incapable of creating their lives. And ultimately making and creating that space to rebuild that connection to ourselves right before we're able to even be confident of ourselves so that in those moments we can affirm ourselves because the reality of it is we might not always hear back the reflection of us that we want. Because as we often talk about here um, and through all our all of the work really is we're all subjective. We're all viewing the world through lenses colored by our past experience. So creating that space to affirm ourselves, especially for those of us. And again, speaking from my own lived journey of being around a lot of self-doubting humans of, you know, as I began to create this space and rebuild this connection to myself and I would begin to more freely share my ideas, share my feelings, share my desires, what I wanted in life is that was becoming clear to me and not hear, you know, that reception that I wanted, actually hear doubt reflect it back. I've told this story often when I first shared with my sister, my idea to begin to speak about holistic psychology, this new way of, you know, thinking about ourselves as a human and really creating transformation as I was doing it in my own life. She looked at me and, you know, said, mm, are you sure that people are really going to be interested in that? So again, met with doubt is what a lot of us might be met with when we begin to share 
this new connection, these new ideas, these new thoughts, especially if you're someone who always squashed them down, listened to whatever someone else thought or believed and operated in terms of outside of ourselves. When we begin to shift that energy and that focus, we might then hear back from other people living in their own cycle of self-doubt. Again, applying that as their lens, hearing the threatening nature of what we're sharing that we're thinking or feeling. And before we know it, now we're really challenged. Now we do need to stand in that affirmation of ourself and that validation of ourself to not allow someone else's doubt to become invalidating to ourselves. Which is really easy to do. I've shared before how if you're walking around so passionate sharing, you know, your dreams or your vision, you want to be an astronaut and it's so vivid and enthralling. There have been parts of me that will switch gear and be like, wait, do I want to be an astronaut now? Do I want that too? Because I'm so swept up by the passion and the energy behind people. And I give that example of a very real past Jenna, because that's all that we're doing when we're taking that dream from our mind and bringing it into our actual visible reality. And when it's just you who has this wild idea or dream, or maybe it's not even wild, but there's no one around you or that you're connected to who can also see it or who even understands it, let alone can validate it. So that strengthens that voice of that self-doubt. It's like someone takes the self-doubt volume and turns it all the way up. The more and more you hear resistance and doubt from others. And I know for me personally, that was very much a real thing. If I were to express something to someone, I would get a lot of reflection back of like, you know, your path doesn't make sense. You should be a little more practical. You should be a little more responsible. There was a always, there was always a, you should do X. And I put my blinders up. I stayed my course. I stayed my path. And I'm grateful for that because every time I put blinders up and I chose to focus away from that doubt of others and turn that volume down, I was also turning my own self-doubt volume down. And when I did that, I was turning up this belief in myself. Even if I couldn't fully believe it, I won't sit here and say that this whole time I've been like, oh yeah, you know, nothing has ever rocked the boat because that's certainly not true. Though when you continue to refocus on putting your blinders up and turn tuning out the noise of the external, it will start to create and cultivate that connection with yourself where you will also then start to filter out your environment where you are now actually hearing from and paying attention to and witnessing more actual humans in your network, whether in your physical presence or in a virtual presence, who are in support and alignment of this new wild idea and dream. They're all out there. And it's a matter of us connecting outward to the energy and the people that are aligned. So keep that in mind for anyone who does, you know, throw this wild idea out. I'm going to start holistic psychology and you know, your family or your sister, whoever is like, mm, I don't know about that doesn't exist yet. Everything that has been invented at one point did not exist. So whatever that wild dream, or even if it's not so wild and out there, whatever it is that pulls and makes your heart sing, that is your genius zone, is the thing for you to 
really put that energy into and to make those declarations that you do have all that you could want, need, and desire to make your creative passions and pursuits come to fruition. And when we're you know getting really practical in terms of talking about the shift in energy, that might mean for many of you listening, you know, if you are someone who does witness a critical voice, a judgmental voice, a a internal voice filled with nothing but self-doubt, to have the idea or expectation that you've now listened to this podcast and you're not going to listen to that voice anymore, that voice isn't going to be present anymore, is really an unrealistic expectation. Anticipate that that voice will be back at it right? That voice of our subconscious mind trying to keep us in those familiar patterns based out of the fear of the unknown, that voice will likely be there. So shifting energy might be noting, thank you, voice. I I acknowledge that you're present and removing your attention from that voice because that's the most empowering choice that we can make. How much time are we spending thinking about self-doubt in our mind? And the more we're thinking thoughts of self-doubt, the more, of course, we're going to continue to remain locked in self-doubt. That also then means getting really consciously present to out external voices. You know, for me, what this looks like is I know exactly where to go, how to find online the negative voices that, you know, strengthen that doubt, that idea that, you know what, I shouldn't share my thoughts or my ideas anymore. They get misinterpreted. People think I'm a terrible, horrible human. And it's my responsibility to catch myself mid doom scroll or mid going to find that account that's going to validate that self-doubt and make the choice not to do that in those moments. So that's practically what we're meaning when we say shift the attention. It's shifting first the focus of your attention away from the internal voice of self-doubt or the external voice of self-doubt to even give yourself the space over time to then feel that energetic shift. Paying attention to that voice or even getting to know and witness that voice maybe for the very first time is really so imperative and so crucial because When you think of that like ingrained self-doubting voice that many of us get just from school, from society, from teachers, we weren't sitting around consciously as a kid, you know, thinking, oh, that's an external voice. That's just my teacher saying that or my coach saying that or my parents saying that. Everything around us as a child literally was our world. We looked at that as a mirror and reflection of ourselves. So over time, the only self-image that many of us created was an image of self-doubt. We don't actually even know that we're in this bubble of it because it's all that we have known that was the image reflected back to us. So for many of you listening or viewing and many waking up to seeing, yes, there is this inner critical voice. There is this judgmental voice. And then there also is the voice of this wise, loving inner parent that over time you can begin to cultivate. But first, It's the sheer awareness of the mirror or the self-image of self-doubt that you've been so living in that you haven't even known was a voice that was there. It's just what is. It's what was for us. So give yourselves a lot of compassion too, and honestly, a, a lot of acknowledgement for even being curious or having the willingness to try on new thoughts, to try on new ideas. Some of you are, of course, going to align and resonate with either things Nicole has said or I have said or both of us. And then there's also others of you who are not going to resonate, who are going to have a different thought or a different idea and different reflection, all of which we are so grateful for because we are billions of 
different unique humans all bringing our unique essence to the world and yeah sharing this commonality of what it means to be human what it means to be this soul expressed through this like robotic meat suit that we all have so we would love to to hear your thoughts hear your reflections what questions come up for you and always of course your suggestions or requests for episodes we are always looking forward to so if you can take the time to drop us a comment, a like, follow us on our YouTube channel, Self Healer Soundboard. We love connecting and engaging with you guys. We intentionally do this podcast and always will do this ad-free so that it is uninterrupted for the viewer and listener. And our goal really is to just keep expanding these conversations around the globe. And when you comment or like or share, tag with your friends, however, it really helps these conversations reach a global network where more and more humans can participate in what we think is really all part of this healing journey that we're all on. So with all of that and our kitten appearance, Mm -hmm. if you are watching our YouTube videos, we thank you for tuning in and we look forward to being with you again next week. We love you all.